Welcome to the Creating Salon Success Podcast, where you will find educational and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream salon. And here's your beauty salon, systemization expert, spa owner, and entrepreneur, Louisa Ashforth. Hi, I'm Louisa Ashford from LA Training Academy, Creating Salon Success. I'm here today with Claire Gonzalez, who works for the NHS, but she has also got her own aesthetics clinic as well. She has got a wealth of experience within the NHS, 30 years experience. She's a nurse practitioner, she um, is qualified in infection control. So anyway, I could talk about what she does for ages. However, I'm going to let her introduce herself. So if you could just tell us a little bit more about yourself, Claire, and what it is exactly that you do. Thank you, Louisa. Hi, everybody. So as Louisa said, I'm Claire. I um, have worked in the NHS for 30 years. We've just added up now and that's ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. I feel really old now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I've worked, um, my background predominantly is um, accident and emergency departments and I grew through the ranks there. Um, obviously preparing for major incidents and things, but I don't think any of us ever thought that we would come into contact with what we're dealing with at the moment. And um, as you say, I've got um, my own business as well, Gravity Aesthetics, uh, which, uh, um, and probably like a lot of people on your um, your group at the moment, has had to close for face-to-face. -face. Yeah. So it's, it's trying to work through and do everything to the best guidance and knowledge that you can get from out there. So thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you for coming on and sharing your wealth of information. So Claire has been so kind to uh, come on and speak to us today about, well, one, obviously how you are actually managing, balancing your NHS and the business in in itself, um, which I know is closed, but um, that's a juggle in itself, isn't it? But your, um, thank you for saying that you've come on and share um, the knowledge that you've got about infection control and about, you know, well, one, how we're dealing with this crisis and also um, just some things that we can put in place maybe for when we are prepping to reopen, which I know we've got no idea when that's going to happen at the minute, but we are all busy planning and prepping and we're sort of all on the edge of our seats, aren't we, waiting for this yeah. date. So um, what... Well, initially, tell us a little bit about your clinic and sort of what it is that you do. And obviously, the way that you do manage both your NHS work and your clinic. And then we'll sort of go into talking about, you know, what you're going to be doing to prep to go back, if that's all right with you. Yeah, sure. So generally speaking, from the outset, because I'm, I'm in nursing, it's been a big thing within clinics and things for me. So, the you know, just make sure at the start of your day, that you are cleaning everything even if you only did it the night before it doesn't matter yeah. you you might have had a cleaner in you might have had you know the window open um, but basically get your standards right right from the beginning so you know just make sure I mean, we were always told to damp dust everything and I, th I think the same thing goes in the, the beauty and aesthetics industry as well just make sure your surfaces are free of clutter as much as they can be, especially now. You don't want anything around that doesn't need to be there. And just make sure that everything's been um, cleaned, uh, surface cleaned. Business. When I'm in the surgery, I clean down my couch every single time I've seen somebody. Yeah. And so that should be reflective of when you're in your, your clinics as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. So if you use towels to lie people down and to make them comfortable, I know it's a wash and I know we've got to think about the environment and everything, but just clear them off 
because you don't know what somebody's brought into you. You don't know what you're going to pass to somebody else. Yeah. So clear them off, swap them to something else. Um, if you don't use towel, just give it a good clean down afterwards. And that includes the legs, any touch zones, anywhere that anybody's touched and been near, I think it is probably a, a, just a safe way of doing. And so if you can do that between every client, you will get faster at doing it. A lot of people go, oh no, it's such a nuisance doing it all the time. But it will be, you'll, the more you do it, the faster you'll be at doing it. And it's just very, very good, safe gold standard practice. And then obviously at the end of the day, do the whole lockdown again. So it is really important, isn't it? And we don't, obviously this is a completely new thing for literally everybody. We've, yeah. We don't know the extent of what's happening really. I mean, obviously you've got a little bit of inside knowledge that you know a little bit more than what we know. But um, yeah, I, I do agree. I think we should, uh, it, it is time consuming, but at least we're just keeping safe then, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the main thing. And if you can show that you're doing that, you will become to somebody else, to your clients, they will know how professional you are and that you care and that you value their health and safety as well. So yeah. it's not just for, for us as practitioners, such a big difference to them to see that you care for them, in other words. Yeah, but it shows that we are putting their safety first, as well as our own, obviously. Yeah, so yeah. do you recommend that um, we, as uh, therapists or stylists, had masks on? Would you recommend we gave them to clients? What's your thoughts on, on the masks? I know it's a funny one, masks, isn't it? Because I know when um, we've done anything airborne as such, um, so, for example, those people that might use plasma pens and things, we were all, we've always been taught to put masks on because of the, the circulation that would be coming up. I, I would imagine standard-wise, from a beautician perspective, from hair, um, you wouldn't necessarily do that. Right. But potentially, it might be something to consider going forward, especially from a beauty perspective, because we are leaning over people so much. Yeah. And... As I said, it's not necessarily always to protect the um, us as such from the client's perspective, but it's also protecting them because we come in contact with so many people yeah. and our own immunity will build to the common cold or whatever with somebody um, all the time because we will have built up our resilience because yeah. we see people all the time. Whereas that person, if I don't know, for example, if it was somebody that was my mum's age, she might only come into contact with about six or eight people in a week, whereas we might come in, in contact with, I don't know, tens, hundreds, potentially. Yeah. So it's, it's protecting them as well. So from a mass perspective, it, it's a consideration that I wouldn't necessarily poo-poo. Yeah. And I, I think from my side of things now, I think I possibly will do it from an aesthetics opinion. I might actually start wearing a mask a little bit more often. Yeah. So the only thing is with them, you steam up your glasses. The other thing with masks are, there are some, there's a lot of evidence out there as to whether masks are any good or whether they're not. Um, in, currently you'll see different people with different types of masks there are lots of different types of masks and they all have specific reasons of use right and some masks will be good for just a few minutes some masks will be good for I don't know maybe half an hour an hour it depends what you're looking into but a standard mask that you can just generally buy is more kind of just a general protection from um, you passing things to others 
um, not always the other way around. So sometimes in clinics and things, you might put something on yourself, but you might not need to put something on your, on your client. But currently, sort of like walking around, if, you, if you're with people, if you're going to the supermarket and you're seeing people with the masks on, you know, I've not got a problem with that. I think it's it's purely up to the person. There's a lot of evidence about that say that masks do help and given certain situations, it would depend on what mask you would want to use. So for example, in surgery, I would just use one of the standard masks if I was bringing somebody in for minimal contact as such. So I'm only with them maybe 20 minutes or something like that. And I would get them to put on a mask as well. So we're not potentially passing things to each other. Right. But, um, right. but um, in an accident emergency example, coming in contact with many more people. So what they call the viral load is going to be higher. So they will get more people in more contact. So they need better equipment. So that's the difference was to what certain masks are, go are good for and things. Wow. Basically. That's very technical. We just, you know. Oh, I hope I'm not <laughs> confused, everybody. Oh, no, I think, <laughs> I think it's really valuable information because you just think, oh, I'll just buy those masks. And I don't know if you see some for a tenner or you see something for 20 pounds, you think, oh, I'll just get the tenner. Because we don't know the difference. I think that's really important. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think generally, in, if we were going to buy masks, as people that don't necessarily um know loads and loads and loads about intensive cares and all that sort of stuff yeah. i think if we were just going to buy them the sort of masks that they do sell um with our suppliers they they will be sufficient for the minimal contact that we would have for people currently and okay. um, how I, I would have to probably look into it more in regards to if it was a treatment for an hour or something like that, I, I wouldn't know without going into it all. It's certainly, I'm not an expert on it. I just know what I know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's absolutely fine. We appreciate you sharing. But if somebody did want to contact you, just for clarification, would you be happy for them just to pop you a message yeah, on Facebook or something? Of course, we're all in it together, aren't we? You know, yeah. we're, all, we're all scared. We're all wanting to make sure that we're safe and our families are safe, but also that our clients are safe and feel safe. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, the main things are with anything to do with infection control. Wash your hands before you start anything. If you want between people. So when you see people going around in gloves and going and doing lots and lots of different things with different people and door to doors and things like that, they're still spreading that. I often think that when I see people with the gloves, I think, do they take them off when they, you know, I don't know, say you've been shopping and you've had your gloves on. Surely you should take those gloves off and chuck them in the bin before you then start on something else. Otherwise, you, yes. you might be protecting your own hands, but you're still taking the germ with you, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly. Right. And even if I've worn gloves, I would always take them off and wash my hands straight afterwards as well. Right. Just to okay. make sure. So, um, so yeah, so if you are going from, so in the future, whenever it is that we know that we can go back and you, if you decide to wear gloves, I mean, some treatments, you won't need to wear stuff like to wear gloves. And that's absolutely fine. Just wash your hands before and wash your hands straight afterwards. Which, to be fair, is what we should do anyway, and most of us probably do, but I suppose yeah. this kind of thing just makes you a little bit more yeah, just, conscious yeah. of doing it. And, and, yeah. and it, you might have a standard, but it doesn't necessarily mean your staff do. Yes. So it's just making sure that you put that across, that this is what we do now. Yeah. And I think probably this sort of 
thing that's going on at the moment is, is making us all have the time to reflect Absolutely, and work yeah. out, is there something better I can be doing? Is there something different than I can be doing? And yeah, if you do wear gloves, definitely. I change mine. If I was at work, I would change mine between every patient and wash my hands as well. And as you say, lots of people would do that anyway. And it's really important, um, I think, to make sure as well that our clients see us doing that. You know, and, yeah. and you know, just as this situation was building up, um, I started working my business from home. Okay. And before we, I, I knew a lockdown was going to come. Um, but Ooh, before. Yes, hold your inside knowledge there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before it, it happened, and as soon as I realised that this was becoming a pandemic, I hope you don't mind, but when you come in, I'm going to be asking you to wash your hands first. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do the same. And then before we go, you can wash your hands and I'll give you some alcohol gel to go out with as well. So, you know, it's just making sure that they know that you're looking after them as well as us looking after ourselves and feel safe in our own places. Yeah, it is important, isn't it? Um, would you say, because um, I know when this all started, I was having the antibacterials outside my treatment rooms to make sure as soon as we left that treatment room, we were kind of both, you know, client and myself doing, you know, the antibac gel. And obviously, I've seen all those things on Facebook where, you know, the example of, I don't know, was it a slice of bread or something with antibacterial gel and then yeah. washing your hands and the way that it spreads and stuff. Um, would you say that the antibacterial gel is enough um, to do or would you still say just, no, just go and wash your hands? Antibacterial gel absolutely has its place, but it will never beat soap and water. Fair enough. So it's great to be able to antibac, but whenever I'm doing anything, I always wash my hands first. Yeah. And then if it's a, been a, sort of a dirty job as such to do. Um, what we're told from infection control from a, um, a health um, provision perspective, so from hospitals and GP surgeries and things like that, we're always taught to wash our hands no matter what. If you can't get to somewhere where you can wash your hands, then yes, use the antibac. Um, we'll use the anti-back how you would wash your hands yeah. so it's you know those stages that you might have seen um which you know i i put up around my sink so people know i mean and <laughs> people think i'm obsessive i am but well it's better to be that way isn't but, it uh, you're not just giving a, a quick swish like that yeah. you know you're doing it properly you're doing all all that business yeah. you're doing your thumbs do <laughs> that with the gel as well okay yeah, so if you can't get to a sink, gel's okay, but as soon as you can get to a sink, wash them with soap and water. Yeah, and I guess at least if you are doing the gel, it's, you know, if, if the sink's a lot further away or, or whatever, then, or like say so you can't get to it, at least it's something rather than nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is with it is because whilst we're wanting to use it, it's a virus currently that we're treating, yeah. that, we're, that we're fighting against as such. It's a virus and the, the gel, yeah. you know, it's like when people talk about having antibiotics for uh, tonsillitis, is it a bacterial tonsillitis? Is it a viral tonsillitis? There's a difference, so yeah. the medicine will work or it won't. Okay, and, and I suppose at the minute we haven't, we don't know enough about this virus to know whether the antibacks yeah. work. I guess, do we? So, yeah. um, but that's, I guess, a, a whole other topic. It's <laughs> far too much for me. Just do it. <laughs> but, yeah. Just do but, it. Wash, wash your hands wherever possible and use the gel. 
sort of backtrack, you were just mentioning about um, putting things in place. Would you suggest sort of while we're off, maybe almost doing some sort of procedure so that you, you have got something to give to your staff to say, this is how we are going to work from when we get back and this is what I need you to do and almost get your staff to maybe sign it to say that they've acknowledged it and this is like the practice now. Do you think that? Yeah, yeah I think so. I mean, what, what I've done for, for my work, not necessarily the clinic, but for... Um, where I work within the NHS is I've um, I've done the procedure and I've said to all the staff this is where the formal procedure is and I want to know that you've read it yeah but also um, this is and it I need to know you understand it and why we're doing it and if you you know if you just do that for people and just make sure that they know why they're doing it because if, if people don't know if our staff don't know why they're doing something they'll probably not do it or yeah. they they'll get out of the habit because they don't understand the importance of it okay so you know if, if you were gonna tell somebody you, you you're locking up procedure you'd make sure that they knew why you'd i don't know if you had shutters why you put your shutters down why you'd shut your blinds and that yeah. sort of thing um, so it's the same thing with infection control. If they know why they're doing it better with them, yeah. and uh, and yeah, why not sign it? And then it, you know they know that you know they should have read it. So yeah, yeah. I think that's a good point. Maybe um, I don't know. Have you uh, got anything that you could maybe share with us? Not obviously all NHS stuff, but um, some sort of little procedure we could maybe outline for people that they could maybe use. Yeah, I could probably make something up. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure between the two of us we can formulate something. Um, just off the top of my head then I just thought, oh, we could maybe just share something. So people might yeah, think, yeah. well, obviously they'll do their own version or their own thing, but it might yeah. be something that we can... We can yeah, share. absolutely. Yeah, fab. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, um, obviously we've got no idea when we're going back, um, and obviously hair and beauty... So and aesthetics, sort of same sort of industry, but um, have you seen that thing on Facebook at the minute that's going round with the red, amber, green, and the only one that's listed on there at the minute for going back sooner is hair. So do you think that they could open hair before beauty, or do you think that we should just wait until we hear for a definite, or what, what's your thoughts on that? I think realistically everybody needs to concentrate on what is being said at things like the um, news bulletin that they're doing every, every day yeah. um, or get it from a, a substantial news place. The, the BBC are doing a pretty good job of uh, making sure we're getting informed and things. I think in regards to Facebook, we, we just have to be careful because who's the expert here? Where has that information come from? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm in the health industry and I've not been told of any um, businesses that are going to be opened up before others. Right. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's because I know everything because I'm far from that. But we will probably get a, a better idea of, of what was going to open first. I mean, it might turn out it was true. Who knows? But that's the thing. I think what comes around in, in Facebook, um, you, you've got to just take with a pinch of salt because as I was saying um, earlier to you before we started the call properly, this is exactly how a virus spreads. Yeah. Exactly how a virus spreads. So somebody tells somebody something, they go to their network, that spreads. They go to their network, that spreads. This is exactly how the virus is spreading at the moment. Somebody gets it. 
they're mixing with other people, it, it spreads, they mix with somebody else, it spreads. And so we're doing on Facebook. Exactly that, aren't we? <laughs> exactly. I think we just need, yeah, we just need to be careful as to what we listen to and just literally just wait till we're told. I yeah. know how frustrating it is. You know, everybody feels like they're losing money left, right and centre at the moment. And that's really scary. But the, I think the worst thing we could do is act upon something that isn't true facts yeah um, we can prepare yeah do you know we can we can prepare we can make sure like we've just said have we got our infection control as good as it can be how can we make our clients safe um you know that sort of thing you know one of the things that we're doing in the surgery which might i might end up taking first of all when we first start opening is um we bring a patient in and we block an appointment either side right so that then there's no sort of cross-contamination as somebody walks past okay so that keeps everybody a little bit safe it gives us a chance to wash everything down and I then was the, wondering that if there was something that you, you think that might be wise having like one client yeah. at a time whereas you know normally especially in hair we'd have like one in one chair colors on on another chair you know sorting the color out while one develops and and same in beauty, you've got more than one treatment room. You could be having one person in there and there's a lot of people going off in the salon at the same time, isn't there? So maybe yeah. that could be something that we'd have to put in place just to be aware of that. It I mean, might just be, yeah, something just to have an idea of because, I mean, it, it might not work yeah. for people that, it, you know, depends on how how your salon works, doesn't it, as to whether that's um, possible or not. Yeah. You know, time efficient, money efficient, things like that an idea it's not based on facts yeah. i don't know whether that will happen whether they'll say just open or whether they'll say open but only for certain people we don't know that yet but you could have your potential plans ready so that then when they say go you can go yeah we're on it we're ready yeah i mean before we actually had the forced lockdown uh, I mean, I'm fortunate that we've got a, a quite a big salon, so um, we were able to, when people had got the colours on, we were actually able to go and sit them in individual rooms, so while the colour was developing, they weren't sat in the salon with everybody else, so I guess if there's an opportunity to do that, it's not going to be a bad thing to do that, is it? Yeah, yeah, and again, just remember when that person's been in there, you're going to have to wipe everything down again because yeah. you've gone contaminated potentially different zones but yeah absolutely it's you know it's, it's just an opportunity now really to think about how your salon can work effectively but safely yeah and we don't know what's going to happen yet and and what the guidance we're going to get but it's just ideas to start having in your mind and look at whether or not your salon's efficient anyway you I know? think a lot of people are taking this time to reevaluate a lot of things that they do in the salon, things that they maybe have decided they don't want to do anymore in the salon. Yeah. So I think it's an opportunity to, you know, well, reassess everything, reevaluate, but definitely get some procedures for this in place because I think one of the worst things is the not knowing. So yeah. as soon as we do know, we want to get straight back in there and start earning some money, don't we? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, as you're saying, like from policies and procedures and things, it, it'll probably be good to have these things if ever something like this happens again. Not It might not necessarily be a pandemic, but it might be a safety issue. You know, have you got a lockdown policy? 
Yeah. Um, you know, is there a way of making sure that your staff are safe? Is there a way of making sure your clients are safe? Um, you know, there's, there's lots of things that can come from this, from having a, a business unit as such, isn't there? And Definitely. yeah, I think to, to start, if you've got the opportunity now, I think it's dull doing the admin side of it. But if you can get your policies and procedures in place now, yeah. it will definitely guide you and help you should an event occur. Well, it's not like we've got, I know a lot of people are working on their business online and they're doing a lot of things, but we have got a little bit more time than we normally do. So it's an opportunity to do put these in place, I think. So why not? Homeschooling. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, of course. You've got the kids at home. So you know, <laughs> teacher as well as nurse, as well as aesthetician. <laughs> I can say that word, but um, oh, bless you. Um, yeah, no, I was thinking from the policies and procedures, just think uh, if you've got children, they're having to be homeschooled. Maybe you can show that you're doing your homework as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I'm speaking to so many people that are trying to balance everything and with the kids as well. I can imagine it's that. I mean, um, I haven't got kids, but um, yeah, it's so it must be so hard. Uh, that's another battle to face, I guess. Yeah. So, we're uh, along with the pandemic, so interesting, just see it as another interesting turn, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But I think it's showing how capable we all actually are. You know, mm. we're all a bit feeling rubbish about things, and obviously, the unknown, and it, this is you know, it's not a nice situation to be in. But I think everyone's handling it really, really well, mm. to be fair. I think the kids definitely are in general. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they'll all miss the friends and things, but for the fact that they, they've just adapted like that, yeah. I was speaking to someone the other day and I thought, do you know what, we could learn a lot from these kids, couldn't we? You know, <laughs> the adults are all like, well, what are we going to do? And the kids are like, it's cool. <laughs> like, Definitely. So, oh, thank you so much, Claire. I think we've got some really, really valuable information. Have you got any tips that you just want to leave us with just to recap anything? I think the main thing is don't listen to rumours because we just don't know. Yeah. Um, just have in your mind what you're going to do differently when you open back up again. Don't just open up because they've said it. How can you keep yourselves, your family, your, your staff, if you have staff, and your clients safe? Um, this, this virus isn't going anywhere at the moment. It's still going to be around even when we open up. And, you know, there's no vaccine. So let's just make sure we can be as safe as we possibly can do. Clean everything down. Really make sure above any clients. And wherever you've touched, remember moving your hair, putting your glasses on you've contaminated so just make sure that hand washing is absolutely key and just look after yourself stay safe hashtag stay safe oh yeah hashtag stay safe i've got to say it stay safe <laughs> um but oh thank you so much um, thank you. It's been really really good and obviously um even though you are in the nhs and you're you're doing such a valuable job there um you're in the same situation as we all are as well you're dying to open your clinic aren't you so but yeah, so thank you so much for sharing and especially at this really difficult time oh. for everybody.